Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the podcast that takes a topic each week and, as the name suggests, cast views. This week, I've got a familiar voice to the show. I've got the mellifluous voiced movie man, the raucous reviewer of films, and the most sleep-deprived man for his art that I know of. It's <laughs> Justin Henson of The Movie Wire. Hi, Justin. Hello, I love your nicknames every time I come onto the show. I really just want to steal them. They're amazing. Thank you for having me. It's always a fun time. You, I think you're my lucky charm in the sense of the two episodes I've had you on for. So it was the Unusual Sports Part 2 and the Urban Legends. Those are firmly lodged in my top 10. We've actually, uh, the sport one, the unusual sports number three. So no, wow. thank you. So what you don't know is basically you've now signed up to be my regular recurring guest. So that works for me because like we were just talking about, it's an excuse for me to grab a beer at noon and just have some great conversation. So it, it mu- the beer is must be the good luck charm. I'll just say it. For those listening, Justin joined with a drink and I, I asked jokingly if that was a beer and he said yes. I mean, I guess it's half past midday over there, but you're, you're really embracing the international time zone, <laughs> I think, aren't you? Yes. It's five o'clock somewhere, Dan. Well, it's eight o'clock here, so enjoy. Um, have one for me. So do you want me to grab another one? Yeah, go on, go on. Okay, perfect, and here I am perfect. with my water. I've got I've got <laughs> strawberry flavoured water. Uh, rock oh, and roll rebel. <laughs> rock and roll, rock and roll. <laughs> So I'm going to keep this episode going as long as we can to see how many beers Justin gets through. So, um, but good week so far? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been crazy week. I mean, lots of movies this week. The last couple of weeks have been just kind of strenuous. Usually beginning of the year, I was lucky to get maybe one or two out of the theater. Now we have like three to five coming out. So, um, right now I give high fives to the box office guy as I pass through. So, um, I think <laughs> I see him more than I see my family this week. So it's been facial, a pretty big Facial week. recognition just opens the door. Yeah. It's Justin's here. Let him in. Yep. I got my own concierge. So, Is I it, mean, it's, yeah. The usual Mr. Henson, the usual seat. <laughs> <laughs> I do have my normal seat that I go to and I have it planned out in each theater. So nice. Well, this goes out in a few weeks from when we record. So any any uh, sneak peeks or any anything you can divulge? We just got back from an advanced uh, screening of The Flash. So, I mean, depending on when this episode comes out, might come right in line to the full release. OK. All right. Well, after we stop recording, I'll get you to tell me yay or nay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an interesting week in the sense of I mentioned it on the pod, actually, when it happened. But back in February... I twisted my ankle because, you know, being the sporty type I am, well, I'm not. I, the most activity I do is walking. I was going for a walk at lunch, twisted my ankle quite badly, but carried on. But three months later, my ankle's still swelling up and is in pain. So I thought, you know what, let's just go get it checked. Yeah, it turns out I suffered what is called an avulsion fracture, which is where the ligament pulls a bit of the bone away from the ankle. So, yeah. That was, that was a turn up for the books this week. So I, I think it's just a case of just getting over it in another few months. But yeah, I've got a scan in, in a couple of days to find out. So it just keeps reinforcing because there's been a history of illness and injuries on, on this show. So uh, yeah, just watch out when you're walking. So are you in a, like 
a breeze, a, a cast? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not as bad as it sounds. It's you know, oh. it's just a small amount, but it's enough to keep the ankle irritated. So no, no, no. It won't be anything like that. But it's um, yeah. It was just interesting because I was expecting him to say, no, no, you're absolutely fine. Get get over it. And he's like, no, no. He goes, yeah, you've you've suffered a chip bone. So yeah. Oh, that's horrible. But I didn't get you here to talk about my ankle injury. But you know what? Before we do get into the show, let's hear from our good friend, Antonio, from The Cultworthy. The Cultworthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cultworthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cultworthy Podcast. Join us. Last time you came on the show, you brought some fun stuff to the proceeding. And I'm actually quite worried about this episode from what you've said to me. So I think I gave you a few ideas and you jumped onto this one. And looking back, you jumped on it quite eagerly. And it was about amazing facts. You were messaging me and yeah, I was getting quite worried. So I've either got a hell of a lot of editing to do or this is <laughs> going to be a blank week for me. So. Dan, I know you're very defensive on your show, so I I promise <laughs> I will behave this this go around. Oh well, Maybe. that's not what we had you on for. That's that was gonna say. That's not <laughs> what we had had you on for. No, seriously, if you're wondering where I'm coming from, go listen back to the unusual unusual sports part two with Justin. As always, I, I like to say guests go first. So hit me with your first fact. Okay, well we'll kick it off a little mild here. So. I'm going to take one from the States here. So first unique fact. So we all know who Buzz Aldrin is, correct? Yes. So yep, the yep. first man on the moon. Did you know he was the first one to pee on the moon? Huh. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I'd never heard that before. No. So, well, it's again, we, they have built in like, what do you call them? Like pee pouches in their spacesuits, right? So apparently yeah. his broke. So he had to pee his suit. Now, this one I'm starting off mild because I found this one interesting. Like, nobody on that shuttle is going to know they can't smell anything. The one thing I found interesting on this, and I can picture what I would do in this situation. You can literally take a dump in that suit and nobody will know until you actually land and take off those helmets. And that would be having space shit come down to Earth and you take off your helmet and just be yell out a huge surprise where everybody's confined in this uh, space shuttle just with this ranchant space crap in your pants. I think that would be a memorable story for me. I think that one I found not necessarily, ne necessarily interesting, but the gears were turning in my head of how to take advantage of this funny situation. The seven minutes in and we've had the phrase space shit. Well, uh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 so you're saying that because he was the first man on there, even though it was in his suit, he he's technically the first the person to, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, that's some record. I mean, you probably understand. It's probably the sort of thing that he he says a lot. You remember, you know, he would have said it in his personal with his mates and at home. It would have been the first thing he said. Yeah, yeah. Forget about being the first on the moon. I was the first to pee on the moon. <laughs> Well, you know, we had two separate stories, one to tell all the sober people. I was the first one on the moon. And then you're at the bar. Hey, I was the first one to piss myself on the moon. So, you know, there was two separate stories going on here. If it was me, I would be I would have been probably the first one to like either shit myself or piss myself right from takeoff. I mean, 
that is an intimidating piece of information. When you actually go into space and you actually have this for the first time, I'm surprised we didn't have more stories like that of astronauts pissing themselves. I was going to say there'd be nothing left in me for the rest of the trip after that takeoff <laughs> experience, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, you talk about these brave men. I mean, that's nothing. If they're pissing themselves on the moon, I mean, more power to them. I would have done it way before that. I was thinking you were going to go that he, you know, he literally got it out and took a tinkle on the moon. But then with the lack of gravity, you can't really write your name, I guess, in, in, in the dust. That that's something I would do, but you know, that would be my first goal. It's not to step foot on the moon. It's just, I wouldn't be that one guy just pissing on the moon. So yeah. that would have yeah. been, a whole, that would have been cool. They need to have a designed spacesuit just for that. There's probably, you know, that, that footage There's probably a bit cut out before it's one small step. Oh, Buzz, put it away. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> We told you back on Earth, no. You can you can totally tell which one is Buzz's suit because it's the only one with the zipper in the crotch. And I think, Justin, I think you've ruled yourself out of ever getting a NASA scholarship and, and going up or a NASA training, sorry. There goes the dream. I have to rely on, uh, I guess, Bezos at this point. Right, that's a good start. I mean, like you said, if that's mild, we'll see where this goes. I'm going to go with, and this is something people have probably heard and I know I've heard it before but it's one of those things that even though logically I know why the fact is mind-blowing I still can't understand how it can be and I like to think of myself as a fairly logical intelligent person but stuff like this still blows my mind anyway in a standard deck of playing cards a 52 deck pack of cards the chances of you and if you shuffle them properly the chances of you ever shuffling the same deck twice is infinitely small and the chance of you shuffling the same outcome of cars as anyone else on the earth is also infinitely small just to put it into numbers the actual possibility or combination of cards is an eight with 67 zeros after it wow just to finish off so basically what i found here was it says if you were to make friends with every person on earth and each person shuffles one deck of cards each second for the age of the universe, there will be a one in a trillion, trillion, trillion chance of two decks matching. Wow, that's, that's interesting. So I spent all that time buying those card counting books, and I thought I would be able to do it. And you just threw a bunch of numbers at me that just intimidated the hell out of me. Do you see what I mean about saying that logically because of maths, you know, blah de blah de blah i get why it's that small but you think you're shuffling a deck of cards it's it's just this you know the deck of cards is small in your hand so you'd think no it can't be impossible i think they say if you and when, and i had to say shuffle it properly because they say if you buy a brand new deck of cards sometimes they're quite um quite difficult to shuffle and if you don't shuffle them properly then you can absolutely get the same because they're all in the same order and you can easily uh, do it the same twice but that's why i said you got to do a proper shuffle yeah, and so the fact is, every time you've ever shuffled a deck of cards, every time I've ever shuffled a deck of cards, how many times can I say shuffled a deck of cards in in a space of 30 seconds? They will never have been the same. And I, I just think that's amazing and will never be for the rest of your life. Wow, that that's kind of crazy to me. It almost makes me uh, not want to do any shuffling and just because I'm a horrible shuffler. So I'll just like move the cards around. 
So, I mean, I guess it, it just proves all those fancy shuffling tricks doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Knowing me, I'm probably the one person that would keep shuffling them the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be that exception that proves the rule, I think, on this one. That one was good. I like that one. Right. Where are you taking, uh, taking us now? Oh, man. I, I have so many to pick from here, Dan. I'm trying to see. What... So, I, okay, I'll stay tame. I'll stay tame on this one. So, did you know, Dan, drinking too much water can be deadly? So when guzzling a lot of liquid, you can suffer from water intoxication, which occurs after an obscene amount of water is consumed, often during endurance events when participants are losing sodium through their sweats. There have been many notable notable cases, including 2002 Boston Marathon competitor. I'm not even going to attempt her name. And but out of respect, uh, I'll attempt, actually. Cynthia Lesiro, who died from overhydration. Wow. So in your life, have you ever... Have you ever experienced this? No, I mean, the problem I have is I, I should be drinking more water. But obviously, people at home, you can't be seeing what, what I'm doing. But I'm putting the lid back on my bottle of water now. I was, so was going to say, I, I'm watching you like a hawk right now, Dan. I see <laughs> yeah. that bottle of water. And it's funny because at work or even at home with my wife, I'm always told the same thing is I don't drink enough water. And you know, I don't, but you know, in this scenario, it's like one of those where, you know what, I think I will have the last laugh here. So everybody's bringing those canteens, those thermoses, and you know what, I'm sitting here with my beer and you know what, I'm going to be the right one in this scenario. Maybe uh, that's what Buzz Aldrin was doing on the moon. <laughs> it's a survival technique. But sorry, can you, can you say that again in, in terms of what is the problem? Is that, is it the amount of sodium? Did you say that's sweated? Yep. So it's a amount of sodium that they lose through their sweat. So the more, uh, from what I'm gathering from this, the more you right. drink, the more the body has to process and right. the more you're staying right. active. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I was, yeah, what threw me was the fact that a marathon runner, I thought, you know, you need to be taking on plenty of, of, of fluid, right? I, I would have thought, but I guess too much. Well, you're safe, Dan, because you can't run right now. I mean, you're you're completely safe. Yeah, that's the reason I'm not running right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just found that interesting. I, I have never heard of that. And now it, it almost makes me paranoid to even drink water, even though I know this is like a far-fetched scenario where very uncommon. Um, but I don't know. I think it got into my psyche at this point that, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to drink water. I think, you know what, the only reason I think I knew about it was because I've been told in the past that I need to drink more. So I've looked it up, you know, like we always say, you fall down the internet rabbit hole and it leads you to finding that story. And I'm like, look, I told you I shouldn't be drinking more water. I told you, you know, it's, it's, it's that one article that you found on a tabloid headline or something that you're using as evidence. Well, it's like you Google searched how much water should I drink? It brings up WebMD, and it's like all of a sudden you have cancer. So you go down that rabbit <laughs> hole of should I drink more water? You never get your answer. You just go on these ailments that you have. So, yeah, yeah you're right. A total rabbit hole. Well, my next one is actually going to stay on the – this is where I have the argument with myself. It's not depressing. However, the headline – will make it sound so it's that the hottest chili pepper in the world is so hot it could kill you now huh. are you actually i'll be careful how i phrase this but are you a spicy man in the sense of do you like do you like oh yeah i'm heat so and... spicy <laughs> <laughs> i know i've seen you in the in the group chats 
<laughs> are you a chili person? Do you like your, your heat, your spice in your food? Honestly, I put spice on everything. It drives my family crazy. So anything that's cooked, I have to put hot sauce, uh, chili flakes, everything. I love my food spicy. Yes, yeah, so same here. So I will always, I mean, over the years, as I've got older, the acid reflux isn't helping so much with, with that. But no, I've always, I've always liked it. And what I will do is if I'm out, so ultimately, if I'm paying for food, I won't go for the spiciest food because I want to eat and enjoy it. But at home, you know, I'll throw a bit more. And at the moment, just before I go into the actual stat here, there's a fast food chain here in the UK called Nando's, which is chicken. Uh, it does chicken. And it's famous for its sauce. It's peri-peri sauce. Now, it goes from, you know, no heat to low, medium, uh, mild, whatever, extra hot. And now they actually sell it here in the supermarkets. So I like to buy bottles of that. And I just like to add it to my meal. Not because the, the food isn't tasty, but I just like it's. I like to have that sauce. So any food that gives me the opportunity to chuck it on. But this bottle I've got, when was it? Yesterday. It's kind of coming out the bottle quite fast. So I went to tip it on and literally a whole load oh, no. came out. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I have to eat this now. <laughs> and yeah, oh, oh, the sweat, the sweat was unreal. But staying on track here and it's actually it's funny because i found this this fact and then i checked it and it actually been superseded but if i say originally how it was there was a, a chili called the dragon's breath chili and they're saying it's so hot it's actually deadly if you ate one it could cause a, an anaphylactic shock burn your airways and close them up um and you think why was it created it was actually used to to be used in medical treatments as an anesthetic to numb skin but then what I did, I just checked, checked it. I went to check it out. Currently, the officially recognized hottest chili is the Carolina Reaper at 1.641 million Scoville units. Now, the Dragon's Breath hasn't officially been tested, I think, but that comes in at 2.48 million. However, there's one called Pepper X. <laughs> so that's, that's 3.18 million. So what's that? That's just... Yeah, it's literally just under twice uh, the, the Carolina Reaper. You see, I would try it. I, well, it's funny because you look at those hot sauce bottles, you look at the, uh, the scale of them, and I'll usually go to the peak of it. And I'll usually say after said and done, eh, it wasn't too bad. But this one would interest me on in trying that. But again, what made me nervous was the fact that it used to treat medical ailments over the skin. And ingesting that makes me a little uh, a little yeah. nervous on putting that in my body. But I would totally give that a shot. I would just be uh, nervous also about the aftermath of the bathroom. Okay, next week on Casting Views, we have just... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just two things on chilies, right? So when I could tolerate them more, I used to love eating the chilies. And I would buy them. What I would do is if we were... Say we were having a steak at home, I would get a couple of chilies, chop them up, place them on top of the steak, you know, rub, rub it over, get that, that, that heat into it. Then there was once, so it's the, is it the, is it the ghost chili? Ghost pepper? Possibly, I can't remember it, but they found it on one trip to our supermarket. I found it, so it was in a pack of three, and we got them, and I was chopping them up. My wife, my, my girlfriend at the time, said, Dan, do you, maybe do you want to try it first, just before you chuck it into us? And I thought, no, 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 don't say it. And then I thought, no, do you know what? She's often really spot on with all these suggestions, so... <laughs> I just touched the knife I was cutting it with to my tongue. I didn't 
put them in my food at all. I will. I turned red. I was sweating. I, that, that was it. I actually, I said, yeah, no, that's going nowhere near my food. So, <laughs> well, it's almost like self torture. You know, it's going to burn. You know, it's it's hot, and yet we still put it, and it doesn't really add anything when you get up to the really hot peppers it doesn't really add a ton of flavor it's just honestly painful but you know it's one of those things that if you're a spicy guy you just you still do it because it makes that meal almost like an event where it's or a challenge you like i don't care about the flavor let me just see if i can do it you ever been tempted to go into one of these chili eating contests yes so um over here we do have a fair that once in a while it's never consistent but once in a while they do they will do chili um and i've attempted uh, a couple of the chilies and they are so mild you'll go to that one chili that says Uh it's the hottest one here i'm like oh (laughs) shut up it is not so i think when it comes to serving people, um, even in restaurants here, there's a lot of warnings and a lot of liability. And I, I, I get that a lot of those chili uh, competitions don't want to have the one tasting their chili faint in pain because, uh, you know, yeah. they're not going to win. So yeah, I think yeah. it's one of those that you have to be very cautious. And I'm sure it was the hottest one there, but it wasn't hot. The, the last thing I'll say before handing it back over to you is, on UK Netflix, well, it was on UK Netflix, there was a series called something like We Are The Champions, and each episode was around about random events. So we had the cheese rolling that I featured on this show. But I think the first episode was a chili eating contest. And it's just amazing just to see them, with the, what they put through. I mean, I do like the, my heat. I just want to know what that's doing to your insides when you're eating that many one after the other. I Anyway, that that that's, yeah, I'll leave it there. You'll know 10, 20 years down the road, Dan. The damage is down the road. Yeah, well, I was thinking you'll know it's sort of probably in six to eight hours time after that. (laughs) 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 Moving on. God, I can can spin off on... I'm I'm trying to pick two. I got two that can spin off perfectly from this topic. Um, Do both. 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 Oh, no, I got to separate these two. All right. So, well, Dan, speaking of hot, did you know, I can see you're getting nervous. I can tell in the face. You're more likely to get a computer virus from visiting religious sites than porn sites. There is no right answer to what you just said there. Because Dan, I set this question up for you to answer it. Because if I say few, then that means I'm visiting pornographic <laughs> sites. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say, hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more, Justin. <laughs> so according to some research that from numerous sites, I won't go over all of them. But Sorry, quotes, research. Sites, and this wasn't an independent research, so I am virus-free here. Wait, I just entrapped myself, Dan. Anyway, uh, so there was about 150 studies, and they... And I don't know what sparked this sort of research on comparing religious sites to porn sites. I think they were just Googling searching, like we said earlier, and came up with a bunch of stuff on Christianity that they shouldn't have. Um, but the main reason for this is because porn sites rely on revenue. They rely on these ads. They rely on people going back to their sites, whereas religious sites are usually profit-free. It's there for resources. It's there for uh, churchgoers, right? So these are the most targeted attacked sites because they know they get the traffic um, and they're not really having a lot of security basis to it. 
So wow. So I guess the lesson, if I were to say a lesson from this, Dan, would when you need to get on your knees, you go out in public. And when you want to see somebody else on their knees, you stay home. That's the lesson I got from my research today, Dan. I don't want to know your research, and I, I definitely don't <laughs> want to see your browser history. Um, I because I've always been told and always read on informative news outlet uh, stories, yeah, that porn sites were always going to be the ones that were the most malicious at Target, and and I'm sure there are, but. Yeah, I guess nobody would ever think of a religious site, right? Well, yeah, I mean, usually I would, I I think the main basis of everybody's uh, mindset is these porn sites because they, not that I go, I mean, married men. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you have credit card information, you have the temptation, you have all these advertisers, it just looks malicious. So you put the two side by side. If you, when it comes to design and sketchiness, a porn site is going to be that sinful kind of design of a website versus the most simplistic, simple website you go to um, when you want to learn the prior of the week or the verse of the week, who knows? So uh, to me, it makes sense, but I don't know. I think that's more for people out there or trolls out there just having fun, just saying that, you know what, they did it. So, but I found that interesting. I just want to say that Casting Views in no way advocates after this that you go out and view multiple pornographic sites because we are saying it's safe. Allegedly, I think, um, or on Justin's research, and we, well, most of you might not know what that might entail, but I think I've got an idea. So, yeah, we're not advocating to go out and start, yeah, looking at pornographic sites. I, yeah. Or I don't know, or are you? Is that what you're saying? No, that- no, my my prayers go out to whoever visits either website. <laughs> Oh dear. That is actually, yeah, that is one of those ones where I'm sitting here and scratch. I'm literally scratching my head. I, I literally, because I, I think that's, yeah, it's quite astonishing. I'm going to use that. I was going to say I'm going to use Wait, that. On people, what are you going to use? I mean, the, yeah, the stat, the stat. But oh, only okay. after this, only after this episode has aired. Put the lotion away, Dan. <laughs> 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 oh, the webcam's gone off. Right. So, <laughs> my, my, my next one. What is it about it? What, what is it with you? What is it? Right. My next one, I'm going to see after that, this sounds wrong. I'm going to need the demonstration because I, <laughs> I won't be able to say it, but I, I found the longest place name on earth is a place in New Zealand and it's got 85 letters in its name. Now, I'm literally, I'm not going to attempt it. I found a video where someone says it and I'll try play play it shortly. It's basically, it holds a record for being the longest place name on the entire planet of 85 characters. This 1,000 foot hill on the North Island of New Zealand is named after Tamatea, who was a legendary, legendary Maori explorer who traversed across the vast lands of New Zealand. To honour his exploits, the Maori people named a hill after him and show the true adoration they used an entire sentence. The 85 character name literally translates to the summit where Tamatea, the man with the big knees, the slider, climber of mountains, the land swallower who travelled about, played his nose flute to his loved one. However, hold on, Justin, even though it's 85 letters long, it's actually got a longer version of it. It's a less commonly used one. Um, and there are, sorry, there are many other versions of, it, of the name that are less commonly used. And again, I won't pronounce it, but one has 105 letters. And this literally translates to 
the hill of the nose flute playing by Tamatea, who was blown hither from afar, had a split penis, grazed his knees, climbing mountains, fell on the earth and encircled the land to his beloved. Let me just, if I can find, I'll tell you what, you, you give me your comment while I find a video again. I don't know where to start. All right. So first of all, I thought it was kind of a running joke of a description because of how many times you said long blowing. And I'm like, where is this going? This is some drunk guy that named this. That's just messing with us. And then you go off to the nice climax of the crescendo where you actually mention penis. I'm like, this was the, this is the biggest tease when it comes to a name sexually. I want you only, to do it again, only slowly. What the the explanation of the longer you know, of the longer name? You know what we can do so, that after the show, but I, <laughs> I want like a I want like a Morgan Freeman read of your description. The hundred and five letter version translates to the hill of the nose flute playing by Tamatea, who was blown <laughs> hither from afar, had a split penis, grazed his knees climbing mountains, fell on the earth and encircled the land to his beloved. Now, I hope this comes through, but this is, I've, I did find a video of it because I think it's not fair of me just to say it, but here is the name. Let's try this again. One important thing to have in mind that most people get wrong is that WH in Maori sounds like F, the sound of the letter F. Most people get this wrong, but that's how to say it. Let's try this again. So that's it. So the thing that stands out for me on this is how do you even remember that i mean I, I guess because it is a sentence and if it's converted into maori but you know as a, as say as a as a, as a non-maori how would you be able to remember that and, and you know not not being funny about that because it's 85 characters long it's it's amazing really isn't it for the guy to even say that that flawlessly that's probably a year-long training in front of the mirror trying to get this word out when you played it, I'm actually impressed. But at the same time, I still think he was messing with us because he really emphasized the words fucking booty. And sorry, just before we go over to you, because I always knew there's one growing up in the UK, there's one in Wales, which has got a fairly long name, but I think it's only something like 35. I'm just going to play another short clip. <laughs> you know, hats off to these people that say it. I think that's just a random guy in the bar, like <laughs> yelling at the bouncer after getting kicked out. Do you know, the problem is I want to tweet these out with the episode, but I'm not going to have a character limit. So, <laughs> 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 but sorry. Anyway, yeah. So I give you the longest place name on the planet is 85 letters or 105 letters, depending on which version you use. Now, before we get into the other one, I mean, this one just reminded me of another long word. It's a German word. And I'm, bear with me, I'm trying to remember it. You may have heard of this one, um, but it's a super long word. And if I can say this right, I'll be amazed. But it's Swankershaffer Hunt Dunks Middle. Never heard of that. So what it means is contraceptive in German. So meaning during sex, by the time, if you can finish it during sex, that means it's too late. I was going to say, by the time you've said that word, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> 
So getting into that, so Dan. Excuse me. (laughs) So Dan, (laughs) did you know sitting in chairs can arouse women? No, I did not know. Now you do, my friend. So yes, sitting in chairs can arouse women. Nerves underneath the buttocks and sitting bones feed arousal, arousal tissue. In the vagina, clitoris, anus, etc. Sitting in certain kinds of chairs, pressing onto pudunal nerves in a certain way can lead to sexual arousal. Wow, so just literally just sitting. Just sitting. So you know how you, I know my, my wife gets after me on this, is whenever we go to a restaurant or um, go to a place, you see the gentleman opening up the car door for the girl. You see him. Yeah. Pull out the chair for the girl. You now know this guy has an ulterior motive. It almost makes you question. Okay, so he's pulling out the chair for the girl, and now he's opening up the goddamn car door. This guy has nothing good going about him. You know what's happening here. So that might that might almost be an origin story by itself on the behaviors of pulling out these gentleman behaviors. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm not sure what to say on this one. So Dan. <laughs> Are you a gentleman? I like to think that I am a gentleman, yes. You sick bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what's what's right anymore. (laughs) The last 60 seconds has turned my world upside down. Well, it's funny. If I'm thinking back, I'm like, all right, so this must be a special case. But now, after reading that, I'm going to be looking around in public places. I'm just watching that one girl that just sits down and goes, ooh. Like to me, I think this one isn't again, it's an interesting fact, but I think a lot of things contribute to it. It's going to be the way you sit, the type of person, the type of chair. I mean, I gave a basic definition to it, but there has to be more to it. But if I went into what makes it make sense, it wouldn't be funny. Right. Well, from this point on, this is where all mine are going to be really boring and people are going to say, when's Justin's next fact now? (laughs) Following on from that. So I've got. I'm just going to say I've got a really short one. I've got a really short one. <laughs> Sorry for people laughing. It's because Justin's just spat his beer out, literally. Is the current population represent approximately 7% of the number of people who have ever lived? Which, again, I know, I know you kind of think that the world has obviously been around for ages, but I'm just trying to think, is that is that impressive? Or is that, as in his sense of 7%, it's quite a lot if you think how how old the earth how how long the earth's been here and people have been on it. But yeah, the current live population represents around seven percent of all people who have ever lived. To me, that seems really. I don't know. It seems like a small number to me. It seems small, but if you think, you know, I'm I'm taking a little bit here, but round it up to the the next ten percent, which is ten percent, and you think how many people must have lived, and we're saying. All of those people are currently on the planet now. I think that, that, that it's, I think for me, it's when I start overthinking these things. That's when uh, these things I start think, yeah, destroying my brain cells. That's one of those topics that I think the intent is to overthink it and just make you go <laughs> numb. Um, but I think that's interesting. Um, but I want to know where the numbers come from. I think that's more of an interesting topic. Um, than the actual final result. Does it go into detail on the research that they did on this? 
you know it probably did but i i didn't do that because um obviously why would i have got the most obvious thing and the answer to the question i knew you would have asked why would i have done that um but i think well i think it is yeah like as most of these things it's all there's all a bit of maths and algebra and what's what's the thing logarithms algorithms sorry and that I, I did see another stat which I wasn't going to bring, but I, I am now, ironically. Is I think I did see that there's like there's four people born every second and two people die every second. So I think if you were doing that, you can base that the population doubles. So that yeah, there's a little bit of a multiplication, carry the one over that that kind of thing going on there. But yeah, I just saw that and I thought, you know what, I'm going to throw it out there. Huh. Let let the people overthink that. I think that's an interesting. I'm going my my mind's going numb just thinking about it because I'm I'm in the process of overthinking it right now as you go over it. You think that's that second can of beer drinking? But go on. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> so, uh, well, speaking of math and speaking of beer, um, I think this one ties in very nicely. Dan, did you know almost 163,000 pints of Guinness are wasted in facial hair each year? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty, I wondered where that was going. I was going to say, if that's drunk every hour, yeah, that seems fairly okay, fairly normal. But wow. So, okay. <laughs> How did you find this? I went down a rabbit hole the other night. Yeah. Oh, like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I think at one point I had a beer and I was I just typed in beer facts. And I think this oh, came yeah. up. So, but it's estimated 162,719 pints of Irish stout go to waste every year via mustaches, goatees, and it, surprisingly enough, chest hair. Wow. Uh, is, is uh, this, well, I was going to say, did you do any, find anything else out? Like, is this also contributed by like pints being thrown in people's faces and stuff like that? <laughs> So I don't think they measured that. So I think this study, this professional study, this very important study, um, is just measuring it based on the casual drinker at a bar. Um, but it's estimated, again, 92,000 Guinness consumers every year in the UK have facial hair. So 92,000 in the UK have facial hair. That's another interesting fact. Assuming they consume an average of 180 pints each year, the total cost of wasted Guinness annually is about $536,000. Interesting, Dan? Yeah, interesting in the fact that it's totally bizarre and, and useless. As in, <laughs> you, as in, you know, there are people being paid to work this out. And I, I want, want that, that job. job. Yeah. yeah yeah well no and so and sorry so what i mean by that is like you know some that people work out obviously the shuffling and that's easy that's basic math and then you've got uh sorry i should say that's basic maths because you know i'm in the uk <laughs> you know you've got the ones that are working out the the percentage of humans alive today as opposed to all of time and then you've just come to me with the amount of pints wasted in facial hair i mean that's brilliant i mean but why you'd need it i don't know but i'd never heard it and it, and i have to say for me that's winning so far <laughs> well i i found this a very important fact i think everybody needs to be aware of how much uh beer and uh, guinness that we waste every year and i think we should have almost a charity about it right i think we should have, we should have an initiative where you either shave and save or 
you ask for an extra glass to just kind of rinse out your beard so you can actually savor that uh, wasted beer. I don't know. We should do a GoFundMe. I thought you were going to say if you order a pint of Guinness and you've got facial hair, they should give you a little shot glass of Guinness on the side to drink because yeah. that's if you've wasted some, you're not getting your full pint. <laughs> it should be proper beer etiquette at this point. I mean, back in the day, you had, you know, those little water finger bowls to wash your hands at the table. Yeah, What's so yeah, yeah, wrong yeah. about having <laughs> a little dish to rinse out your facial hair? It's I'm, I'm sure it's more hygienic whether you drink it or not afterwards. I think you should. Do you know what? I've got some Guinness in the fridge after this, so I'll, I'll I'll have one to celebrate that fact. I just had the worst visual of you dipping your chin into, like, your Guinness just now. Well, I wouldn't say it's the worst. I mean, you do you. Yeah, I like that. If there was a board of where we were putting, you know, winners and, and losers of the facts, that's on my winner's side. Yeah. I think you should actually post to Instagram you trying this out after the show. I think we should do one together. We've got a couple of weeks to get this ready. So I want a picture of you drinking a Guinness. Right? You know what? That's not a bad idea. I mean, I think Let's we do should it. do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I'm do it. down. Here we go. All the ants on earth weigh the same as all the humans, which again, I found amazing. So there are approximately 10 quadrillion individual ants on earth at any one time. And if you were to weigh them all, they would weigh the same as all the humans. Really? Apparently so. I mean, even if you look at the volume, ah, that one's kind of hard to believe. But I mean, if if Google said it, I mean, it's it's got to be true. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember where I got that from, but I guess it's one of those things. I mean, if you think about it, there are 10 quadrillion of them. I guess I, I don't know when this was done. I mean, the 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 average weight of humans fluctuates over decades, I guess. But I just had this image of having a huge ant ball i mean how would you weigh them or have you got to weigh each one individually <laughs> there's an ant weigh it there's an ant weigh it <laughs> again i want to see these mathematicians that get paid like 200 to five hundred thousand dollars a year to come up with these concepts that nobody's going to do anything with but it does make me nervous on a an ant uprise here in the future that that's that's kind of scary yeah, well, I mean, we know how intelligent, resourceful, and strong they are. If, they, if they're now saying they weigh the same as us. Going back to the, who, who comes up with these, I mean, somebody, it's just somebody in the lab just looking at something. They, I think they're looking around the room, and they see an <laughs> ant and say, right, what can we do with ants that we haven't done? Yeah, let, let's try to equate ant to humans. I, I think it's amazing. I, I think there's an episode there. I mean, I've just done one recently with Unusual Jobs with J&K, but... The person who comes up with the random stats or facts, that's what I want to know. These are the guys that really have a lot of time on their hands. Uh, so, I mean, it's like one of those where they send a proposal to you to a university and ask for money. And they, you know what? You're the only ones that applied for this grant. There you go. Count your damn ants. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. There's a lot of money will have been paid on it. But, but anyway, that's something else. Right. Hit me. Dan, did you know... Before toilet paper was invented, Americans used to use corn cobs. That, that's, no, I did not know. I'm going to say that. I did not know that. That's unusual. It is unusual. And this is the one, and I'll go into a couple uh, facts here in a second. Um, But question for you. Do you think the kernels were on... When they went into the outhouse? When you said colonels, I was hearing like military colonels. So. <laughs> well, I was going to call them what? Niblets? I, I don't know. I almost went with niblets because I want you to say niblets. 
niblets. But there we go. <laughs> I can die happy now. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> so, so th this one I'm actually really skeptical of. So way back in the day, if this was a use of toilet paper, sure. I mean, we probably have about 50 to 100 different uses next to the outhouse away from the house. You have leaves, even have the leaves of the corn that you can use. So uh, this one I call complete bullshit that this was the main intent of having this corn in the outhouse. So this is my theory on the corn in the outhouse. Now we'll take John and Mary, okay? We'll just say it. They, it probably wasn't them, but we'll say for the sake of the story here. We'll start with John. John goes to the outhouse and sees this long, rigid corn that's thin at the uh, tip and then gets thick at the bottom. And he yells to Mary, Mary, what's this corn cob doing in here? Mary panics. Oh, shit, he found it. Shit, oh, Mary. that's it. John, you wouldn't believe <laughs> what I'm using this corn cob for. And that was the invention of not only the toilet paper corn cob, but also the invention of the first dildo. Was that the lesser known sequel to the invention of lying? Was that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, I don't want to place blame on Mary. It could have been John, too. So one of them's uh, bullshitting the other one. But you cannot tell me that they look at their surroundings and see this long, rigid object, bring it into an outhouse away from the house and say this was meant for toilet paper. Bullshit. Yeah. The fact, not so much, the story you put behind it is going on my windboard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, yeah, I find that highly unusual. Like you said, when you've got, you know, practically leaves, et cetera, I'm sure throughout history. So, yeah, I there's there's an excuse there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they do go into detail here where they say when they bring the corn in, the niblets or the kernels, whatever, um, were not present um, going into that that outhouse. So, of course, the corn wasn't on the cob, but yeah. I'm also curious when that corn came off the cob, whether that's inside the outhouse. Did they have a snack before the deed was done? I mean, there's a lot well, to the story. Hope it wasn't, let's hope it wasn't after the deed was done. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the origin of corn coming out in your crap. There you go, Dan. We got three stories in this toilet paper corn cob story. Moving on swiftly. I... <laughs> That's that's very different, uh, Justin, very different. I've got one here. If you were standing at the North Pole, it would take 19 minutes to fall to the Earth's core. I guess that, I guess that makes sense. Well, yeah, I can see that with resistance. I don't know if there's any, I'm not a scientist or a mathematician. I don't know if there will be any like gravitational difference there, but I guess I can see that. I mean... I mean, what I thought about that, again, why someone thought that. But secondly, imagine if you fear initially, you'd probably be screaming. Then after about two minutes, you probably stop screaming. Look at your watch. She's still falling. You know, you probably sit back. You pull your phone out. You check, you check the, like, the sport, <laughs> sport soccer results or something. Start screaming again. Still falling. Uh, you know, I would check Tinder on the way down. <laughs> I would see if there's anybody else around or if that... If Tinder can work on the, the center core, I would use that as my useless fact ender right there to see, you know what? I fell to the center. I fell to the earth and I found a match on Tinder. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, it's good to know you'd, you'd be thinking about dating while you were falling <laughs> into the earth's molten lava core. <laughs> 
I don't I don't want to die alone on the way down. At least I can like send one message. Well, you'd be like, you'd be matching it, and then you'd be gone. You're like, oh crap, I did find someone. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. What else you got? So, well, on that, so did you know, and this one, totally by coincidence, by the way, Antarctica. Did you know, Dan, Antarctica did have its first Tinder match? No, no. It was done with one of them at a facility, and then the other one was in a helicopter 45 minutes away. <laughs> well, I was going to say, first I was thinking I was astounded by it. Then I was thinking, yeah, but there probably can't be that many around, right? <laughs> it can't. It's like one, <laughs> Just, yeah. and it wouldn't swipe. I might as well. Yeah, imagine, and, and imagine if that person doesn't, I don't know which way you swipe. I mean, I'm not saying you would, but I'm, I don't know which way you swipe. But imagine if the person doesn't swipe the right way for you. Like, <laughs> I'm the only one here. You know what? I'm staying out here at that point. But that raises <laughs> question, questions too. That must be the best cell coverage between those two. I mean, yeah. like... <laughs> What's, sorry, what's the person in the helicopter? I mean, I'm assuming it's a pilot. What, what were they doing on Tinder? Shouldn't they be like flying the plane, pilot in the helicopter? Sorry. Well, that's multiple issues. One, airplane mode. Way to think of safety. Yes. Dating comes over safety in Antarctica. But you know what? If I'm hovering over Antarctica, that's the one place I will probably trust to have airplane mode on because there is nothing nothing that, nearby. <laughs> oh, oh, and you know that person. They've obviously looking at tinder they've spent many a lonely nights they've probably been going to tinder quite regularly through the day <laughs> you just just every every 30 seconds please 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 got one i also want to know why tinder, obviously they're in antarctica for a reason they obviously know nothing's gonna come from that and to me, a cell phone, I don't know what the energy situation is or the charging situation is there, but if I'm stranded out in the middle of nowhere, I'm not wasting my battery life on on Tinder of finding an impossible date. Oh, well, hold on. Maybe we've just done a public service. I reckon it's because they've not gone to pornographic sites because they think they've got malicious bugs, but we've now just said to them... <laughs> Well, fill your boots is what I was going to say. So you know, <laughs> fill your boots with those sites because Justin's assured you they're not going to. You're not going to get a virus. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of want a follow up story to this. I want to know if they actually hooked. They it's shared a cool. tent that night. Yeah, but. it's pretty cool. So was it? Well, was it intentional in the sense of was it just trying, or, or was it? purely random because what, what i mean is did they try to see uh, in that part of the world could they get i mean did you say it was 45 miles away or 45 uh 45 minute uh helicopter ride helicopter right that's quite some distance mind you cell phone I i'm just amazed where i live in a fairly new housing estate if i'm not on wi-fi i get barely any signal so how this Wait. person in antarctica has got it that's that's the mystery here. That's a, that's the amazing fact for me is they've got they've got like a signal there. If any of the two are listening, we don't care if you hooked up. We don't care any of that. We just want to know who your cell provider is. So if you can like just <laughs> comment on Dan's Twitter just to let us know. I mean, that's more impressive than the other thing. Oh dear, right. I, I like that one. I think that's a nice one. I think that's a nice one. Yeah. I am gonna go. I've got two. Well, I've got four, but two are boring. So I've I've been those. So I've got two more. Let's do this one. Apparently, the Milky Way smells of rum, raspberries, and booze. All right. So 
In 2009, astronomers exploring a giant cloud of gas and dust at the centre of the Milky Way made a surprising discovery. The cloud was packed full of a chemical known as ethyl formate, which has a couple of intriguing properties. It is responsible for giving raspberries their flavour and has the smell of rum. Another nearby region is also notable as it's full of this, uh, sorry, as it's full of ethyl alcohol or ethanol, uh, the type that's used to make alcoholic beverage. And it contains enough alcohol to supply every person on the planet with 300,000 pints of beer per day for the next billion years. So now we know why this race for space is happening. Where is this place? Uh, in, in the Milky Way, a part of the Milky oh. Way. I'm um, sorry, I'll try and narrow it down a bit more, but I haven't got the zip code. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's apparently it's a nearby region. Yeah, so it it contains enough al- enough alcohol to supply every person on the planet with three hundred thousand pints of beer per day for the next billion years. Now, a lot of those will be wasted in people's facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we haven't found aliens. They're all hanging out there. Yeah. However. If bottled at the source, the proof of the beer would be very low with an alcohol content of less than 1%. Oh, um, and also it probably contains other nasty uh, things in it. So, yeah, so you wouldn't want to drink it. However, it's nice to know that you could, you know, potentially, if you got lost in space, you could get drunk. Sorry. It's like it's like the uh, universe is uh, drinking Listerine. So it's like they're desperate enough to drink that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more? Uh, I will go as long as you're going. So, Dan, did you know it takes 364 licks to get this to the center of a Tootsie Pop? No. What's a Tootsie Pop? Is it just a lollipop? That was my next question, if you've had a Tootsie Pop. So I'm going to look that up. They're popular over here, especially with, obviously, kids. I still remember in school getting those as the most handed out candy ever. Um, oh, it's okay, a, I, okay. Yeah, it's a sucker. Oh, with has a it got chocolate? In the it, it's got what in the middle? Sorry, a tootsie roll. I thought so this have, is now got a cup of tootsie roll. <laughs> so, <laughs> like a chewable uh, chocolate. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yep. 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 Okay. So no, I didn't. I didn't know of those. So sorry. How many licks to get to the center? Can you can you say that again slower for me, please? <laughs> How many licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? There it is. A pop? Tootsie Pop. 364. So if you're not familiar with this curiosity, (laughs) here in the States, we had a commercial for Tootsie Pop, and it was an owl talking to a kid in the woods um, with the question being asked, with the kid asking the question of the owl, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And the owl goes one, two, and then just bites the damn thing. Three. So we've had this <laughs> yes. mind-blowing question in the States of how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And it's been answered by one of those useless researchers of 364 licks. I probably could have done it for free for them. <laughs> you would have licked 364 times for free? You're in the wrong profession. This... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was i gonna say oh no I, well no i was gonna say i'm i'm just, i'm really impatient i kind of just punch down and go straight i'm for the so center. sorry dan i'm so <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah but no okay right so 
I mean, that's t- t- sorry, go on. No, I mean, and that's most of us. Nobody's going to sit here being a man licking 364 times. We're going right for the center. I have to say, a Tootsie Roll does look quite odd. Yeah. From the pictures delicious, I'm seeing. Though. They're delicious. Is it actually chocolate? Yeah, it's like a soft Oh, it's shoe. a chocolate flavored taffy. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the only thing I didn't see in the article, if it's just one guy or if it's multiple studies. So I'm assuming it's multiple because it says 364 on average. So, I mean, they probably had a long line of people willing to lick a Tootsie Roll Pop for probably about an hour, I would imagine. I just love the fact that someone's looked at a Tootsie Roll, has looked at a lollipop, and thought, why don't we combine them? (laughs) So apparently the jingle is, and this might bring back memories for you, whatever it is I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. I I don't get that, but... Your homework after this, Dan, is to (laughs) look at the commercial that that uh, jingle came from, and then the owl Tootsie Roll commercial i i will look that tonight i thought you said my homework was going to be to try beat 364 <laughs> maybe that's a challenge to the listeners out there there you go are you challenging everybody to do 364 licks or to lick the tootsie roll pop because you need to be clear here dan or you're gonna have I, mass to, 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 to beat the tootsie roll no the tootsie pop lick challenge there we go you literally just had everybody tune off just now because you got everybody hyped up to lick 364 make, times with no bl- <laughs> make, make it TikTok. Make it TikTok viral. Right. I'm going to do my last one and then happy for you to do one more. Look, I've broken my rule that I've stuck fairly rigidly to the last couple of months of, of keeping this under an hour. But I, I, how, how did I guess that with you? I'd have to break that. Um <laughs> This is one, oh, it was t- It was late, I was tired, so I didn't bother fact-checking it, but when has that ever stopped, stopped us before, right? So <laughs> apparently, the loudest animal in the world is two centimetres long. Yes, yeah, so it's the pistol shrimp is capable of snapping its claws shut so rapidly that it creates a bubble which collapses to produce a sonic blast louder than a Concorde sonic boom. The shockwave can reach 230 decibels, also louder than the sound of a gunshot. And the imploding bubble for a split second also generates temperatures of 4,400 4, centigrade Celsius, nearly as hot as the sun, killing its prey. The description is terrifying, but I'm trying to visualize it. And you said it was two centimeters? Apparently, yeah, two centimeters long, yeah. That, that almost sounds like somebody trying to make an ant sound terrifying. <laughs> like it's just by using the verbiage of like sonic boom claws i mean i'm terrified but then the size of it it's just like okay i'm sure if it was in the uh environment of that uh shrimp or whatever i'm sure it's terrifying it's, it's like the pistol shrimp um advertising board have said look we've got no advertising what do we do well for things our size we're bloody lethal so why don't we <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I found that amazing because you'd think, oh, it's going to be something huge, or it's, uh, yeah, it's a bird of some sort. But no, it's the pistol shrimp, two centimeters long, pistol shrimp. Sounds like it should be a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> those would be cool right. powers too. Yeah, I was going to say finish us off, but no, I was going to say see us out with your final fact. 
I got one more for you. And I think, I think we're really in sync on this episode because when you say one, I have one that coincides perfectly with yours. And I, and I just want to say, we haven't discussed this beforehand, right? So we've just hoped no. that we have duplicated. And one, I think it's amazing that we haven't duplicated, but the sites that you went to to find your facts, there was no chance I was ever going to find those. So oh, <laughs> <that's> no, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are going to find the sites I went to. <laughs> But coinciding with your animal fact, here is another animal fact. And this one makes me feel like less of a man as well. And it also coincides with the 364 licks, by the way. Dan, did you know the blue whale's tongue weighs just as much as an elephant? Its tongue weighs just as much as an elephant. That's that's impressive. I mean, you think, yeah, they're huge, but... You think of an elephant, and they're pretty big, right, and heavy. So, so a blue whale has got an elephant in its mouth. Uh, well, it's weird when you put it that way, but <laughs> yeah, you could put it that way. Wow, that's, that's pretty I, impressive. Yeah, I think that's why you always see them smiling or their mate smiling. <laughs> so, Do you I'm think trying to keep, I'm trying to keep this scientific? And look at you, God, sorry about the tits you are. Well. You think the blue whale would be the actual perfect tester for this? Because <laughs> even going back, and I won't spend a lot of time, but 364 licks seems a little low to me. I, I just think that, you know, the blue whale, that would make more sense. I think it the blue whale could lick that make, thing clean. It, it wouldn't even make it through one by the time you've got to the <laughs> end of the tongue. It's like, you just have one guy. probably just... taken half your arm off. <laughs> 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 so, so if it didn't have its tongue... Would it would it just float to the surface? I mean, that feels like that's taken up a lot of its weight. <laughs> you would think, yeah. I mean, me. I don't know if you know this about me, Dan, but I'm terrified of whales. I think they're they're huge, they're intimidating, and you can't convince me that they're harmless. Those things look massive, and then when you actually put in perspective how big just their tongue is. I never want to go in the ocean. I know like on our first show, we went into a lot of the wilderness stuff that would terrify me. The water is one of the, or the ocean is one of those now too. Yeah. I think you might've mentioned that actually, I think because, um, oh, I can't remember that. Or, or no, there was another episode, but yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they might, they're there to help you as far as I'm aware, aren't they? I know that's dolphins are friendly. Maybe. See? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, we've got we've got us trying the the Guinness thing. So maybe you need to overcome your fear of of whales, and, and we'll get you swimming with whales. The ocean's like almost what I think of like Australia in the wilderness. Like everything, or the Amazon. Everything in the Amazon wants to kill you. I take one step in the ocean, and something's going to kill me. Whether it's that jellyfish, whales, you know what? Probably even a a I don't know a salmon will probably injure me in some 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 way. I think we're going to get to the, we're, we're going to discuss this in a future episode, right? Well, look, I'm going to have to call a halt to proceedings there. Justin, it's been fantastic as always. Do you know, I'm going to be thinking about some of these facts for a long time. I, I'm, I'm going to leave that there. Do you want to shout out your show, any socials or anything you want to direct people to before we go? So you can check out the Movie Wire anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Movie Wire Show. 
And if you're not already, please do press the subscribe button on Justin's show, as you can on mine. So Casting Views, you can get hold of me at castingviewspod at gmail.com. On Twitter, I'm at Casting Views. As per Justin's movie, why you can hear this anywhere, but you're listening to it now, so you know that already. And yeah, if you if you want to be on the show, or you've got an idea for a, a topic that you'd love to throw at me and my guests, yeah, get in touch with me. So, Justin, thank you once again. I'll say Always goodbye to you now. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll see you very soon in the future because there's a, I've got a couple more episodes bubbling for you. Love it. Take it easy, everyone. I know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose, so I thank you for listening to Casting Views. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, take what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force feed it. Come on.